You're listening to a sermon audio from Cypress Church. You can listen to more sermons on our website or by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. We hope you enjoy the sermon and invite you to attend one of our services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Ah, good morning to you all. Abby, thank you for leading us in worship. It's fun to have you lead that. I encourage you, yeah, you can clap for Abby. It's... uh, Thank you for doing that, and I encourage you to, to check out the choir that we did a special number at uh, on Christmas season. We're doing some special choir numbers at uh, at Easter, and we'd love for you to join us at uh, Thursdays at what time? Six to seven fifteen. So I encourage you with that. My name is Mike, I'm one of the pastors here, and it's a joy to bring you God's message today from the Bible book of Jonah. Uh, we've been talking a lot about Jonah, but uh, first of all, have, have you watching the Olympics? Yeah. No, but really, have you not? No, haven't seen. Hey, it's great. It's amazing to see the athletes do their thing. I've been, you know, riveted to the TV watching curling because, and I got my T-shirt. I'll be wearing this today. Yeah. So you see that my Canada curling shirt. Um, I'm all, I'm all set. Oh, I didn't know if you you saw this, but, but you may not know this, but uh, uh, the Canadian women's hockey team. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they kind of beat the U.S. team. Uh, yeah. And as a good Canadian, I would say, sorry. Sorry. Uh, uh, it's one of those things that happen. But, you know, we, we love watching these incredible athletes do their amazing, almost superhuman feats. How many of you saw uh, Chloe Kim? She's kind of a local girl. Actually, she uh, did an amazing thing, won a gold medal at what? Is she like 10 years old or something like that? I mean, she's, <laughs> she's 15, right? 17, yeah, something like that. But there's amazing, just, you know, Christian and I were watching. We, we, we are uh, obsessed. Uh, we're watching it every night. And, um, you know, and, and we just want, um, Christy was saying this, we said, we just want someone who's like a normal person to go out and on the slopes and show them how way different it is for these Olympic athletes. I mean, even the best of the best would ski and just not even compare to these athletes. They are so far above. It's kind of like that, those, um, those uh, nailed it memes that are out there. You, you've seen those before, kind of like this one. You know, that cookie monster cupcake. We see that on Pinterest. Oh yeah, I can do that. And then we kind of go nailed it. And we really gave that incredible thing there. Or we think we're going to have this great, beautiful, we saw it on Pinterest, this picture of, you know, our kid in a pumpkin, all beautiful, bright focus and everything. And what we get is more like what that picture shows up on the screen, the kid crying, and it's nothing like we, you know, it really didn't nail it at all. Or then there's other things that we put together like that. <clears throat> the uh, uh, Pastor Rich actually has one of these in his office. It's this, you know, this color crayon, they melt it just so that it comes down, looks beautiful. And yet what we do is more like what's on the bottom there, you know, duct tape, and it's just a big mess. Or we want to make that, that, uh, um, uh, minion cake, and we look at it and go, we can do that. That's pretty easy. And then what we produce is something far from that. And there's others that are just, uh, <clears throat> we do, and it's, 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 though uh, <clears throat> we may have said, nailed it, <laughs> uh, most everybody else knows something different. And really, actually, if we look at it ourselves, the reason we say nailed it is because we didn't, and we can see that we're really way off. Well, in, in the Uh, Bible book of Jonah, chapter 4, we see a picture of God's heart. And though Jonah is supposed to be this Olympic-style man of God, uh, representing God as his prophet, uh, we have seen 
and continue to see that Jonah's heart is way off. And we wonder, why is that? Um, Throughout the Bible book of Jonah, we see God's great grace, this undeserved favor towards Jonah. God said to Jonah, go this way. God went the exact opposite direction. And yet God, in his grace, provides a storm to correct, provides a fish to to rescue, and then saves his life. God does all of this. And we're going to even see more today of God's undeserving favor, his grace. But, But Jonah is not of grace like God is of grace. Jonah is graceless. Why is that so? Even when Jonah has seen and experienced God's great grace, and then the same reality with us, why is it that when we experience God's great grace, we don't give out grace in the same way? We see and have also seen in this narrative of Jonah God's miraculous mercy as God held back judgment on the people of Nineveh and on Jonah. They both were deserving of God's wrath, and yet they received mercy. God not giving them what they do deserve. And actually, it's just like a lot of us, well, all of us. Oh, see, the problem is we've been born into this unfortunate condition, a sinful condition. Our hearts are desperately wicked, we've been talking about, and leaning one way away from God. And because of that, we're in full deserving of God's wrath. And, and yet God provides through Jesus this opportunity to experience great mercy. And we've received mercy. But Jonah is vengeful. And Jonah wants vengeance. Why is that so? Even when Jonah has seen and experienced God's mercy, same thing with us. Why is it that when we've received mercy, we are merciless? And all through the account of this account in Jonah, we see God's persistent patience. God gives Jonah a second chance. And it continues on and, and even lets Jonah act upon his own wayward heart. God shows patience, but Jonah is impatient and gets frustrated. Why is that so? Even when God has been patient with Jonah, and maybe even with us, God is very patient with us, and yet we get frustrated and impatient. And one of the greatest views of God in the book of Jonah is God's loyal love. There's a Hebrew word for that. Actually, if you take out of your notes and you look on the note page, it's, it's right there. It's the word chesed. The Hebrew is written down below that. You can see that. But it, this chesed of God, this loyal love of God is shown all throughout the book of Jonah. Uh, and and he, as he cares for Jonah, as God cares for Jonah and his compassion on the people of Nineveh and on Jonah. But Jonah is compassionless. Why is that? What, why is it that, that when God is so loving towards Jonah, Jonah is exact opposite? Jonah actually names these character traits of God, his grace, his mercy, his patience, and his loyal love, right in the very beginning of Jonah chapter 4. And yet, why did Jonah choose not to be like God? And and why do we not choose to take on God's characteristics? To be, why do we not choose to be the light of the nations, as Isaiah called Israel, but calls us to in Isaiah 42 verse 6? 
Why do we choose not to be like the light of the world? That's Jesus. That we are called to be like in John chapter 8, verse 17. And all through the, the New Testament, we are directed to be like Christ. The apostle Peter said it this way in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. <clears throat> For to this you were have been called because Christ also suffered for, for you, leaving an example that you might follow in his steps. But when I've been out in the snow with my kids, not here. It doesn't snow here, thank God. But I've lived in snow areas. I lived in Alaska. I've had my fill. But, but when, I, when I was out in the snow with my kids or when I was a kid, you know, my dad would walk in the snow and he'd make tracks and I would literally follow in his steps. Because he was able to take it and show me the way to go. Jesus is the same way. And Peter's saying that, that, that he is wanting to be just like Christ. He's to follow in his steps. The apostle Paul expressed it like this in Philippians 1.21. He says, for me to live is Christ. That every move I make, every breath I take, he wants to be like Christ. That everything he does, everything he thinks, every action he takes, he wants it to be in line with Christ. In line with God. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And the instruction is to be as Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in life as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice. See, see we are to, to live and to love like Jesus, to align our hearts to his. And yet like <laughs> those poor attempts at the nailed it memes, uh, we fall short. Sometimes, maybe many times, we are like Jonah and either don't even try or want God to align to us. The key is to really see God and to choose to be open to let him lead and mentor and instruct us. Here's a phrase I want you to grab onto this morning as we walk through our study of Jonah chapter 4. It's to, is seeing God with a willing attitude <clears throat> aligns our hearts to his. And in Jonah chapter 4, God's character is shown. And God questions Jonah to see <clears throat> if he will be open to, to change. So this morning, I'd like for us to, to look in on Jonah and, and to be open to see God and, and, and to have a willing and openness to have him change us as we explore four views of God and, and four questions to consider as we align our hearts to God's. So if you wouldn't mind just setting aside your Bibles for a second, stand up, let's pray and ask God to challenge us this morning. I, I'm glad you're here. I know God has something for you. In his divine sovereignty, he had you here on this day at this moment to hear this message because there's something he wants you to gain from this. Let's ask him to do that. Father, we thank you for this morning, a chance to be able to, to give out your word and to be able to sing songs about you and <clears throat> to enjoy you, Lord. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, you would fall upon us and that you would challenge us and encourage us and you would use these moments to be able to get us to think about our relationship with you and to rethink maybe our thinking and challenges deep within, we pray in Jesus' name. 
Amen. You can have a seat, and as Carrie already mentioned, that outline that's inside your worship folder, take that out. There's some blanks to fill in. The answers will be up on the screen. But I also encourage you to, uh, uh, at the end of the service, uh, and some of you have already picked these up, which is great. You can do this before you come in. Uh, pick up this study guide that uh, we make available almost every Sunday. And on one side is the, the actually answers to all the fill-in-the-blanks and all the extra verses that I mentioned. So you don't have to feel like, oh, I missed one. You can go out and get that. And then uh, on the front side of that is a study guide. So you can take the next step and study the passage that we're talking about. Also, our life groups, many of them use that as their uh, curriculum. Uh, and, and they go through that. And it's a wonderful opportunity to get even more. So I encourage you to pick one of those up as, as you leave today. But four views of God, four questions to consider. The first view of God to see and the question to consider is God's great grace And will we be graceless like Jonah? So take your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible with you, our wonderful ushers are coming down the aisle. They've got a Bible they can let you borrow. Just wave at them. They'd be happy to let you a loaner. And you can uh, just leave it in your seat when you're done. But turn over to the Bible book of Jonah. It's kind of toward the end of the Old Testament. And if you haven't been with us, what uh, what we've been talking about is obviously the book of Jonah. And that Jonah's a very interesting story. Only four chapters in this Bible book. But it starts out with Jonah, this Olympic-style man of God. Uh, you know, you'd th- God gives him a, a, a quest, a, a command to go to preach to this evil city of Nineveh and tell him about God. And Jonah, for some reason, doesn't say yes. He says no and goes the exact opposite direction. Well, that happens in, in chapter one, chapter two. Uh, well, he, in chapter one, he actually gets thrown overboard because they realize that he's the problem for the storm because God induced the storm and, and, and Jonah thrown overboard, the storm calms. But as Jonah's sinking to his death, uh, God has a fish swallow up Jonah. He's a miraculously alive. And, and, and then he deals with God. In Jonah chapter 2, he prays to God. And you think he's changing his heart, but he doesn't. And finally, in chapter 3, he pukes him out on shore, this fish. And he goes to Nineveh, and he begins to preach at Nineveh. And the amazing thing happens is that all these Ninevites, they turn back to God. They repent of their sin. They're mourning. They're praying to God, hoping that he will relent. Chapter 3, verse 10, this is what happens. And when God saw what they did, the Ninevites, as they repented, And how they turned from their evil ways, God relented of their disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. And Jonah's ecstatic. He's like so excited. He can't believe that people are turning to God. His preaching worked. He's amazing. This is great. God's great. No, that's not the attitude at all Jonah has. Jonah chapter 4 verse 1. It displeased Jonah exceedingly. If you want to translate that, he was royally ticked off. And he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you were a gracious God, merciful, slow to anger, patient, and abounding in steadfast love. There's the word said. And relenting from disaster. So here is God being the amazing grace-giving God that he is. And Jonah not open, not willing to let God's grace into into the core of his being, into his heart. Because the truth is, 
seeing God with a willing attitude does align our hearts to his. And when we embrace God's great grace, it changes us. God's grace gave a whole new purpose to the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, before he was Paul, his name was Saul, and he was a murderer. He actually had people executed for following Christ. God got a hold of him on this road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, and you can read about it later. And he was transformed by the grace of God. Turned from murder to messenger of God. Apostle Paul is the most influential person outside of Jesus for the Christian faith. God's grace changed the apostle Matthew. Matthew was a swindler. He was a, he was a cheat and he uh, took money from his own people to, to f- make him rich. And people knew it. And the law was behind him. He was milking the system. And yet Jesus came in contact with him. And in Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 to 13, we see the wonderful change of Matthew. And his gospel has brought many to Christ as he's written it. God's grace comforted and empowered the apostle Peter, who denied Jesus not once, not twice, but three times. That grace comforted Peter and and challenged him. And and you see that challenge in John chapter 21, verses 1 to 17. And Peter became the, 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 the point person of the movement of the church of God for all of Christendom. God's grace changes lives when we embrace it. The same brought peace to King David, who was an adulterer, a liar, a cheater, a thief, and a murderer. All of that. And yet, as we saw last week, and you can read it yourself in, in, in Psalm chapter 51, where God extends his grace to David and he repents and changes his life. God's grace says no matter what we have done or will do, that God forgives, he accepts, he shows kindness, and even blessing and favor. It is not earned, and it's just given. It's been, it's been given to us. That, that, that sinful issue of our life, we don't have to stay that way because God provided something that's even greater. He provided not just salvation, but he provided ownership and he provided adoption to his family through Christ. And it's not anything we earn. No good we do, no action we take makes us more acceptable to God. He just simply says, here is salvation. All you have to do is receive it through faith. And that's why Ephesians 2, 8, 9 is so great when it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one can boast. And the constant theme of the entire Bible speaks of God's grace. The question is, are we open to God's grace? Will we let it permeate our soul so much that we give grace to others? See, Jonah, we tend to be just like Jonah and feel that others don't deserve grace. He didn't want the Ninevites to receive grace. He thought they were just bad people. Therefore, they should be void of anything for God. Only us good people 
should be enjoying God's favor. That's where we tend to get all legalistic and we turn into the Pharisees who were more concerned about the rules than they were about God. And we can be just like that. But where are you? Do you have an open and willing heart to embrace God's great grace? Maybe the prayer at the end of uh, Psalm 139 will help. Look at your notes. They're right in your notes. Just open up your notes. It's right there. Why don't you read them along with me? Search me out loud. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It's, it's being introspective and, and asking God, okay, here's my life. Search me and know me. And let him show you. He's been trying to show Jonah all through these four chapters his heart. And Jonah's not paying attention. But let us pay attention. For seeing God with a willing attitude aligns our hearts to his. So be open to God's grace. And be gracious. Not graceless like Jonah. The next view of God to see and question to consider is God's miraculous mercy. And the question is, will we be vengeful like Jonah? Let's look at what happens after Jonah has his little rant. It gets worse. And therefore, now Jonah's continuing on with God. Verse three. Now, therefore, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it's better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? And Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. And he sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. See, God's mercy withholds the punishment we deserve. God was withholding the punishment that he had already proclaimed on Nineveh. He was showing mercy. God's grace gives a blessing. God's mercy withholds punishment that's deserved. We all deserve a forever distance from God because we've been born into sin. It's just what's part of our DNA. It's part of mankind's human nature. We're not naturally born good and then turn evil. We're naturally born bad and we just act upon that. I mean, just look at our world. Look at the mess it's in. <laughs> I mean, the, the heinous stuff that came out in Florida is just awful. That school shooting. But see, we're all in that place of, of distance from God. And, and we have our own plight. When we don't take care of that sin nature, we're left to go on that path. That path leads us not to fulfill the destiny that God has for us. That path is a distance from God. That path will lead us not to heaven, but to, the, but to hell. And that's our destiny. But God provides a way in his mercy and in his grace to provide us Christ. That when we, through faith, believe in him, we no longer are set on that path. We're set on a different path, a path of life. And each one of us have that opportunity. Many of you have made that decision. Some of you still need to. And God is merciful to those who turn in faith towards him. 
just like the people of Nineveh. And his mercy never runs out. There's never an end to his mercy. It's a constant flow, valve on full all the time, and there's no way you can empty it. In other words, there is no sin or no issue, no struggle, no distance from God that changes the flow of his mercy. I love how Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23 puts it this way. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. I kind of want to sing it. You know the song? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O God. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you. I'm sorry to, you had to endure that, but I just, it helps me memorize the verse. But his his steadfast love never ceases. It never runs out. And when we are open and see the miraculous mercy of God, it changes us. And we become more forgiving, more sympathetic, kinder, more understanding, because we get the reality that we need mercy. Show me somebody who can't forgive or is merciless or into hatred, they haven't understood that they need mercy. Jonah was not there. Maybe because he was so full of himself. I'm a prophet of God. I'm an Olympic style prophet of God. And you could just sense the pride oozing off of him that he wouldn't see his own need for God. You see that in his prayer in chapter 2 when he talks so much about himself. He forgot he is in need of mercy. And that he has been given mercy. But No, Jonah is vengeful. Waiting for the people of Nineveh to suffer. This is, just, this is a cruel couple of verses as Jonah comes he goes to the edge of the city he makes himself a little booth sits down in his little lawn chair maybe gets a little drink to sit by there I'm gonna see God fry these people men women and children I'm gonna can't wait to hear them cry out in pain and agony yeah they deserve it wow how cruel is that what kind of a heart is that and the truth is, I can be just like Jonah. When someone hurts me, when someone hurts my family, I want them to suffer. Boy, I want them to feel the full wrath of God. <laughs> I'm just like Jonah. And yet, when I need is to let God's mercy flood into my own soul so that I can be merciful like him. Where are you? Do you have an open and willing heart to God to take in God's mercy and to let it change you? For seeing God with a willing attitude does align our hearts to his. Maybe the challenge a few verses down in Lamentations 3 will help 
Lamentations 3, verse 40. It's, it's in your uh, outline. Why don't you read it out loud with me? Just, just read it out loud. Let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. This idea of, of testing is, is it's being introspective, examining, kind of looking over the character of our life. Are we showing mercy? Or is it more vindictive nature that we have? Test and examine our ways. It's a prayer. And, 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 and let us return to God who is merciful. Let us be like God who is merciful. God tested Jonah with a question. Do you do well to be angry? In other words, why is your heart not aligned to my mercy? We are to let God's miraculous mercy fill us. So much so that we ooze out his mercy in kindness and understanding and sympathy and forgiveness. Let's not be vengeful like Jonah. Another view of God to see and question to consider is God's persistent patience. Or will we be frustrated like Jonah? Let's look again now. Jonah chapter 4 verse 6. Jonah is in his booth waiting to see the destruction of Nineveh. Maybe God's going to change his mind. He sure hopes so. Verse 6. Now, the Lord God appointed a plant. Appointed means he miraculously had it happen. Now, the Lord appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. See something that's missing there? This plant, just like you know, a time lapse, just happened. God gave no glory to God. God gave no thought, or Jonah gave no glory to God, nor thought of God. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant, verse 7. But when the dawn came, the next day, God appointed miraculously a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun arose, God again miraculously appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, it's better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do. I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. Jonah's got some problems. (laughs) God's trying to get through to Jonah. He appointed a plant, a worm, and a wind And God does not give up on Jonah. He continues and continues because God is patient. Psalms 86 verse 15 say this, But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger that's patient and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. God is not out to get us or can't wait to punish us like that parent, that patient parent, or that patient coach, coach, God waits, and he pushes. Just like the parent pushes or the, the coach pushes, God pushes. And he's pushing on Jonah, and God waits. Second Peter 3, 9 puts it this way. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And oh my, am I so glad God is a God of patience. Because the truth is, I'm just a knucklehead. 
I don't know what it is about me and my personality, but I keep having to learn over and over and over and over and over and over and even more some over again. Why can't I just learn once? Any of you just learn once? Probably a lot of you. I, I, I don't know what it is about me, but I, I, I'm so glad for the patience of God because I'm just sure she goes, oh, Mike, ugh. would you just get it? And yet it, it, he has patience with us. And God is patient. And he, he asks Jonah a question that, that touches the very nerve and reveals Jonah's frustrated, self-focused heart. Frustrated because Jonah's heart is not in tune with God's. For when we enfold God's patience, we gain the peace of waiting. I don't know about you, but I, I hate to wait. I want what I want, and I want it when I want it. <laughs> but when I am open to enveloping God's patience with me and just seeing his patience, there is a peace and the wait becomes meaningful. I love the, the poem written by Russell Keffler or Kelfer. He, uh, the link to it is in the study guide. It's actually on our website and you can see that the link there. Uh, you can, there's also a book in Amazon called Wait You Can Get by Russell Kelfer. But I want to give you just read you a couple excerpts from this poem. It's as if God were talking to us about waiting. And he says this, God says to us, all you see I could give and pleased you would be. You would have what you want, but you wouldn't know me. You'd not know the depth of my love for each saint. You'd not know the power that I give to the faint. You'd not learn to see through clouds of despair. You'd not learn to trust just by knowing I'm there. You'd not know the joy of resting in me when darkness and silence is all you could see. And that's why God has us wait. Because the wait becomes meaningful when we understand that God is a patient God. How's your wait? Are you frustrated like Jonah? Do you have an open and willing heart to enfold God's patience? Uh, maybe this challenge in Psalm 119 will help. You don't need to read it out loud. Just listen. When I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your, to God's testimonies. It's when I think about my life and the way I'm going in life, I turn to look at God is there alignment? Maybe there's things I need to understand about God so that I can be aligned to him. For seeing God with a willing attitude aligns our hearts to his. Be open to God and to God's persistent patience and not frustrated and impatient like Jonah. One last view of God and question to consider is God's loyal love. Will we be compassionless like Jonah? Last two verses. Jonah's angry enough to die, and God speaks. And the Lord said, verse 10, You pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their left from their right, and also much cattle? The word pity 
means compassion. And in this whole question from God, God is saying to Jonah, you had compassion for a plant you did nothing to make or grow, yet Jonah, you get frustrated and angry with me, the God of the universe, who created everything and wanted these 120,000 people whom I created, who are struggling, can't seem to get and understand God's message, my message, and I want them saved, and you're frustrated? Do you see how far God says, Jonah, your heart is from mine? God's trying to get Jonah to see his selfish, hypocritical heart. Jonah has missed somewhere the loyal love of God. That love that he mentioned in verse 2, Hased, that Hebrew word meaning steadfast, loyal, unconditional, ever-present, always there. You can't earn it. We don't deserve it. It just is something that God gives to us through his grace. Here it is. Psalm 117 verse 2 says, For great is his steadfast love, the chesed of God towards us, and the faithfulness of God that endures forever. Praise God. Praise God that he continues to love us even when we don't love him. Praise God that he loves us even in the midst of when we choose to willfully sin, when we know it's not right, and we do it anyways. Praise God for his loyal love that never stops coming, it never stops giving, and no action you take will ever disqualify you from the great love of God. Nothing you can do can change God's love. You can't be more loved by God or less loved by God by whatever we do. It is just there. It's what he chooses to do and chooses to give. And he says, I love you even if we don't love him back. Jonah was far from that love. Giving a plant more compassion than people. God even ends the question, will you at least have compassion on the animals? Jonah was compassionless. What about you? God wants us to to soak in, to bask in his loyal love. So much so that it oozes out of us towards others. Unconditional, faithful, kind-hearted love. Will you be open to that love? Maybe the prayer in, in Psalm 26 will help. It says... Prove me, refine me, train me, test me, O Lord, and try me and test my heart and my mind for your steadfast love is before my eyes. And I walk in your faithfulness. God, I look at you and I see this steadfast love. Is it, is it the same in me? Help me be different. Help me see you so much that it comes out in my own life. Because seeing God with a willing attitude aligns our hearts to his. So soak in his loving kindness. Don't be compassionless like Jonah. Now, I don't know if you noticed this about this book, but it just kind of ends abruptly. I mean, that's it. Isn't there something more? Uh, No conclusion. God does that quite a bit in scripture. He just kind of leaves us like... And because he wants us to finish it. 
He wants us to answer the question, will we align our hearts to him or will we be like Jonah? For seeing God with a willing attitude aligns our hearts to his. It's seeing God's great grace and be willing to let that grace shape us so that we are gracious. It's seeing the the miraculous mercy of God and be willing to let it bring about such a, a mercifulness in our own heart that it comes and shows in our life. It's seeing and embracing the persistent patience of God and being willing to be formed by that patience so that we can wait. And to see that amazing, loyal love of God and be willing to be changed by that love and not only to experience compassion but to love like Jesus yeah we we are uncomfortably too much like Jonah and yet we can make choices to align our hearts to God's it starts with seeing God it ends with seeing God so let's be honest with God and and do a bit of self-reflection and, and ask God to change us. Would you bow your head with prayer with me? Father, thank you for this opportunity to hear your word and to just to sit and watch Jonah. That's <laughs> been painful at times, Lord, to see what he hasn't done. And yet, Lord, it is so much like us. Oh, help us not to be like Jonah, Lord. And help us to see you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.